Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Teacher Renewed Podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Palmas. I am a wife, mom, author, and lifelong educator who has been doing some hard work for two decades. This podcast is about renewing hope, happiness, and belief in education. We get real and talk candidly about ways educators across the globe are working to uproot the education system and making transformational changes for all educators and students. And beyond the why and the what these transformational education leaders are doing, we get into the how you as an educator can drive toward these changes. I am here to take away the pain, exhaustion that too many of us feel day in and day out and rid ourselves of the question if we made the right career choice. Trust me, you did. So let's dig in and ignite the joy, passion, and belief all educators had when deciding to enter a career in education. And let's make some change. So much is possible in education. everyone. Welcome back to the Teacher Renewed Podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Palmas, and this is a singular episode and one that I am really excited to share with you and also one that is grounding me in why I do this work. A little context for where this episode is coming from. I, I mentioned in other episodes that I am actually part of a coaching collaborative where I am finalizing my International Coaching Federation accreditation. And I'm not sure how the conversation came up, but it really hit me. And what was neat about the conversation was my coaches that I am in this collaborative with or mastermind saw the shift in the way in which I was talking, the way in which I was sitting, the way in which I was engaging. And it was just so clear. I had to share this passion with you because it really is what drives me. And the question was something to the effect of, what would you do if you could turn education on its head? What is one thing you could do? Because there are so many things that we could do. And I wanted to share with you my priority in education and see if it resonates and also share with you in that priority how I personally am working to go about that and what I advocate for. And for those of you who follow me on Instagram, you will see a lot of this showing up in my posts and my reels because I just fundamentally believe in this priority as a a means, a pathway to changing the trajectory of the lives of our students. And so much of it, so much of it comes from being a mom. I could not articulate this 20 years ago when I started teaching. And for those of you who have read my book, know that this was not articulated and was not resonating with me. Um, So I don't know if I would have come to this had I not become a mom, but regardless, this is where I'm at. And so again, this episode is here to show you my own paradigm shift in how I think about education, as well as what I think could really change the trajectory of our lives for students. And I know that there is a bigger system that needs not even tweaking, that needs some shoveling out at the roots and changing. But what would happen 
if we focused on this as a component of our lives and our students' lives in education. And honestly, I would say for me, it's prioritizing happiness. So when a student comes in to a school, my number one thing is how do we tap into their inner joy so that they're excited to be there and whatever we put in front of them, they're excited for. And then the other question or on the flip side of that is, what are we doing wrong that is keeping students from being happy, right? Privileged places that Aaron and I needed to cultivate their learning, we could. More than anything, we know how to do that. And so there's, there's a privilege to that. But again, at the foundation, aside from our Maslow's basic needs of eating and shelter, here our students are coming to be educated. So in the paradigm shift, first and foremost, I think it's important to note the difference between education and schooling. There is a difference and how it is defined. And I think the other part here is to understand the trajectory or history, if you will, of education in America. And most of us, many of us might know this because it's like the first thing that we are taught when we're in teacher school is the history of education and education formal. And I'm putting that in quotes, education started when um, students started to go to school to learn from as the country became more diversified and the need for um, more educated people grew, then our education system shifted to free public education. Obviously, there's so much more in there. I'm just kind of overlaying all of this to say there was a progression in education. By the 1840s, educational reformers pushed for the goal of establishing a free public education. And that was for all genders and social classes. We know that it didn't end up that way, but still, there was this idea from people like Thomas Jefferson or Horace Mann or Harry Bernard build the concept of free schooling and being free of a religious bias. And the purpose of public education then became to train students to become skilled workers while teaching them the traditional core academic disciplines. And that is what was essentially adopted. And in the early 1900s, what ended up happening again when the population became more diverse, progressive principles of education began to take hold. And the purpose of education didn't necessarily change, but they were adapting it to meet the needs of children, knowing that there were different needs behaviorally and developmentally for children. And so then that's what kind of happened in the early 1900s, and it's kind of progressed since then. And now we have these 21st century skills, which happen to be critical thinking and reasoning, uh, creativity, creative thinking, problem solving, being meta with our thinking, collaboration, communication, global citizenship. And I think all of those are important. And I would question, how much are we seeing this in classrooms? We are in a stage 
in the 21st century where we have really cool concepts of the idea of like people growing as humans. Like I love the idea of collaboration and communication, but how often do we still go into a classroom and things are still being done independently? Everything is supposed to be silence, right? And there's time and place for that. I'm not going to disagree, but when we think about the global world, we are in a place where we have access to all the information. Was the teacher there to provide us the ability to access that information or give us that information anymore? No, because guess what? Our phones are a lot smarter than our, the people that are facilitating this learning. But the idea then is if we have this knowledge at our fingertips, how then are we actually infusing the problem solving, the metacognition, the thinking, the collaboration? So that's kind of like the history and journey of education. And now we are thinking more thoughtfully of the whole child. And as I think about the whole child, we are actually thinking about a student coming in and us thinking through the lens of their mental and emotional needs. And I can't help but wonder, what would it be like if within these first three skills, we shifted the paradigm and also allowed us to think about what is going to make these children happy. Perhaps it is more collaboration. Perhaps it is more communication. Perhaps it is more problem solving. But at its core, what is going to help students feel happier, the essence of happiness? Could you imagine? Could you imagine if your students we're so joyful to come to school. But it's hard to do that when we don't prioritize what it means to be happy at school, how we are infusing true happiness into school. And again, I'm going to get to how we do that, but I think at a fundamental level, and what I want you walking away with in this episode is to think about what are you doing to infuse happiness? as a classroom teacher, as a school administrator, as a district or policymaker, like what are we actually doing? Because happiness does a lot. In fact, I was doing some research in preparation for this episode, just knowing again, this came out of a very authentic conversation that was fueled by the question of what would you do differently? And for me, again, thinking about my own children, if I could do anything for them, or if I knew that school was supplying them one thing. It was a place that they could be happy. Yes, I want them to learn, right? Like I went through the kind of journey of education and like our focus still is for kids to learn. But guess what, everybody? There are studies that indicate people learn more when they're happier. And if we could focus on happiness first, how much more could our students learn? I would venture to say a whole heck of a lot, a whole heck of a lot. I actually looked up some studies and and came across a couple. One that I want to point out um, is a a lecturer by the name of Christina Hinton. And this this was in 2012, everybody, 2012 at the Harvard Graduate School of Education. And she, she went into the study and here are a couple things that she found. Happiness is associated with our motivations. 
Okay. Happiness is also positively associated with GPA for students in grades four through 12. Academic achievement in that sense then is saying that happiness supports that. Happiness is predicted by student satisfaction with school culture and relationships with teachers and peers. Okay. So those are some quantitative things that she was able to pull from and say, as the study went on, does happiness actually impact student learning? Yes, it does. But moving past the quantitative, the study also examines the relationship between happiness and achievement from the student's perspective. Students were asked what supports their learning, and students often reported that happiness or positive feelings like enjoyment or fun promote learning. They cited other reasons for positive feelings, but they said that when they are happy, they learn more. They learn more. The summation of the study says that they found that a network of supportive relationships is at the heart of happiness. So when we think about what school or education is, it is not a child come and sit down, do your work, let me fill your bucket with all the knowledge I have. No, it's the relationship building that actually fosters the happiness. So what are we doing to cultivate those relationships, to support the means to help our students become happier students? in order to learn more. How do we infuse more happiness into our schools? How do we ensure that our students can be happy? Well, if at the heart of their happiness is the relationships, we have to then ask ourselves, are we actually helping to cultivate strong relationships? And so there's, there's five things that I wanna share with you that I think help in the cultivation of relationships and therefore happiness within schools. And I want you to keep in mind that, um, or well, rather share with you or remind you that I have my first 15 days of classroom culture planning guide. And in that guide, a lot of what I talk about, like the, those are the nuts and bolts. Right now, I'm gonna kind of talk high level about what, needs to be prioritized to support the prioritization of happiness. But the 15, first 15 days classroom culture guide actually gives you the how. It gives you the how. So here's the what, and we also talked about the why. I want you to go back, get on the first, get that first 15 days classroom culture guide, so you can actually infuse some of these things. But the first thing that I encourage teachers to do and see time and time again, and if you read my book, you'll know I didn't do these things well. These are lessons learned. And when I started coaching teachers and saw this happening, it changed the way in which students learn. So first and foremost, you have to prioritize safety and identity. You have to ensure that your classroom is a safe space and that students are acknowledged for who they are and embraced for who they are. So they have to be able to share an aspect about themselves and you need to know that so that you are promoting and cultivating a safe environment. And you do that through expectations and yes, boundaries, which you can also learn more about in my 
from novice to natural first year teacher classroom success guide, which is also linked in the show notes. But when we have cultivated a safe classroom that affirms the identity of our students, that is the first step in cultivating a happy culture, a happiness culture. I'm going to coin that term, happiness culture. The second thing then is the prioritizing relationship building. And you cannot isolate the relationship building to you and your students. The relationship building within your classroom community has to spread across the classroom. So when you've started building a safe environment, And you've started allowing students to tap into who they are and affirm and own who they are and start cultivating a classroom of trust because it's safe, then students are going to start to share with one another and with you who they are. And that affirmation now no longer comes from just you, but comes from one another. They come from the community. And so as you are thinking about the happiness culture, it is so important that you also prioritize relationship buildings, not just with you and your students, but student to student. The other thing that I would also emphasize is that you have to get comfortable to allow social interactions and the opportunity for conversations. And great ways to do that is to build in team building and community building through those relationships. And if you haven't done that in a way that is going to cultivate those conversations, students are going to have a hard time having academic conversations. Some of you might have been experiencing this. It is hard to have an academic conversation when you don't know or trust the person you're having to have it with. And so how are we allowing students students intentional or authentic opportunities to engage in conversation to build their capacity of trust and their ability to think more thoughtfully when communicating. There's our collaboration and communication, 21st century skills, everybody. I mentioned this earlier, and now this fourth piece I want to emphasize again, and it is on us. It is the alignment between our hearts and minds and shifting how we think about how we were educated and how we are actually educating. Education is ever evolving because our society is ever evolving. What they had in the 1640s, the Bible and family is vastly different than what we have today. Again, we have knowledge at our fingertips. We have knowledge at our fingertips. And so as you are thinking, about maybe how you learned or what you think is right because your favorite teacher did these things, that might be okay. But the evolution of education is different. We are not here to school and putting that in quotes, our students. We are here to educate them. And when we think about what education could be or what it should be given the 21st century skills, how much are we actually letting those be at the heart of our work and the content being more at the exterior. So think about how you are thinking about education and what do you need to shift in your own thinking? And beyond the thinking, what is your heart telling you is right for education right now? We can think of ourselves as adults who are in a place of turbulence as well. You know, none of us, yes, we turned out okay, probably, hopefully, 
our students are at an age where we have to help them turn out okay. And what do we need or what were we lacking that needed to help us turn out even better? So think about the tweak in your mind and your heart to make sure that you are thinking in a way that is going to support not your students by the end of the year, but your students 10 years from now. The last thing I want to say, I actually did an Instagram reel on this. You know, there, there used to be this old adage of don't smile till winter break or Christmas or whatever. And I fundamentally disagree with that. And I think most educators do at this point. But your students need to know you're human. And I get that the education system is draining. And you've probably heard me say this in other episodes or on my Instagram, happy teachers make happier students. So I want you to think about what makes you happy. Does it help when a person smiles at you? Probably. Studies have shown that there is some power in smiling. And so I want you to smile. You know, I was upset in a classroom the other day just because, you know, it's a little chaotic and that's okay because they're middle schoolers and again, they're social beings. And at one point I was getting after some students, somebody said something and I smiled. They're like, why are you smiling when you're upset? And I'm like, because y'all are funny. And I needed that reminder. And then they all started being silly, but they were able to bring it back that much faster all because I'm smiling, maybe winking. So I just encourage you to tap into your happiness and smile. So let me just rephrase those five things that you can do to help cultivate a happiness culture. One, prioritize safety and identity. Two, prioritize relationship building. Again, not just with you and your students, but students to students. Three, allow social interactions and the opportunity for conversations and collaboration. Four, shift your paradigm and thinking to what education is versus schooling. And five, smile. I want you to think about a student you love dearly or your own children. Think about them going home. What do you want them saying about their school day? Yeah, we want them learning, but think about it for just a second. I would argue that most of us would say we want them to feel happy, a sense of love. And so my charge to you is to infuse that happiness because guess what? Learning is going to happen. Learning is going to happen, especially if you are working to cultivate that happiness culture. Okay. You've got this. It is so important. And I want to hear from you. What are you doing to cultivate that happiness, post some pictures on Instagram of the joy factor. In fact, I've got a picture that I'm going to post on my Instagram of the joy factor. And you've got to see this. This is when my son was in first grade and my hubby bubs, who's an educator at that point for 15 or so years, came in and did some science experiments. And if I could capture the essence of that excitement, Every single day, that is what I would want for education. And it can be done. It can be done. So ping me. Let me know what you're doing to cultivate that happiness. And I cannot wait to hear from you. 
And before I let you go, I just wanted to tell you something super exciting and it is a giveaway and it is part of my own coaching journey. Most of you know that, that my full-time role is coaching educators and I actually have the space to coach one educator for the next three months for free. We'll have six sessions. This is at a value of $599 and it is free. So if you are interested in being coached by me, one hour sessions for six sessions over the course of three months, then definitely DM me via Instagram and let me know that you are interested or ping somebody who might be interested. Maybe it's a first year teacher who is going through the pains of first year teaching. Maybe it's you and wanting to problem solve where to take your classroom next. Let me know. This is a free opportunity that I am gifting to one listener. Message me on Instagram and I cannot wait to start this journey with you. Wow, another episode in the books. Thank you so much for joining me today and every week on the podcast. So what are you taking away from today's episode? Let me know by heading to Instagram and either commenting on this episode's IG picture or DM me and tell me you listened to the episode and share a little nugget you received. I am at teacher underscore renewed. And as always, if you liked this episode and know someone who is on a journey to becoming a better teacher and educator, share this with them. And it might just be the one thing they needed to hear today. Or share this episode in your stories and tag me at teacher underscore renewed. All right, my friends, I will be back next week with another episode for more of what's possible in education.